0: what's up everybody welcome back to story time with uncle reddit my name's john and this is r slash tales from tech support yep another late night recording been working in the yard again all day today creating things out of pallets forts for the kids and uh raised garden beds that are self-watering <laughs> took a cedar trunk uh, a trunk from a cedar tree from next door it's been dead for years uh they finally cut it down so i told them i'll take i'll take the trunk and uh I think there was about an 11-foot section, 11 or 12-foot section, and uh, at, right before dinner time, we dug a four-foot hole in the yard, buried it, and uh, repacked it and everything. And uh, this is for, there's a, uh, oh, what do you call it, slack line. It's basically long ratchet straps that go between trees. Well, we only had one tree, so now it goes from the tree to this trunk that I planted in the ground. And... Uh, Yeah, all that manual labor, and, of course, I've got one of these little microwave things uh, for my hand. I'm just so arthritic right now, man, just from swinging hammers and pushing drills and grabbing boards and running a chainsaw and shovels and getting old sucks. Anyway, the little mini homestead's coming along well. We're getting the other channel geared up to start recording for that. Uh, That'll be a little more interactive with the family, and you get to see just how dysfunctional we are over here at uh, the Reddit household. The uncle Reddit household. Anyway, all right, let's do some tech support. Didn't even make it through orientation. At the job I'm at now, first one fresh out of getting a associate's degree for computer support. I was hired for a position of IT technician with the intent to build and manage the internal help desk of a company of about 60 people. My first day, I do the standard meeting with HR to go over orientation. It's an industrial and office environment, so everyone needs to view safety videos. The lovely HR assistant is also new, and I'm her first orientation without her manager supervising it. She's nervous and is fumbling a bit with getting her presentation going, or rather she's struggling with the mouse. Me, something wrong? Assistant, oh, it's this new mouse. I got it from IT manager, but it doesn't work. Me, may I see it? Assistant, oh, that's going to be your job, right? Of course. I pick up the mouse and turn it over. The switch is toggled to on, but there's no sensor light. I open up the case. No battery. Me. Looks like it needs a battery in here. Assistant. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? She was horribly embarrassed. Got a battery from a cabinet and the mouse worked fine after that. It's been over a year since I started. This wasn't the silliest instance of tech support, but I think I'll do fine in this field. Yeah, OP, you'll definitely do fine. I mean, right out of the gate, you were able to help without demeaning the HR lady, uh, without making her feel silly or bad or, you know... Like, she's stupid. So good on you for, you know, being cordial. I mean, you might have just done it because you wanted the job. Who knows? But you knew exactly where to look first. And, of course, mice aren't exactly that complicated. Unless you're like some of my other stories where people didn't know to pull the dongle out of where the battery compartment was and hook it to the computer so you actually got a signal. But, anyway. Yep. While you have discussions about compensation in private... This happened back in 1999. not changing the name because most of the folks that were involved are dead (laughs) or I've lost contact with and don't really care. Anyway, the company I was working for as a help desk was bought out by a competitor. As such, the IT department was told with no ambiguity that we would be replaced, after the conversion, by the new company's IT team. Since this was also 1999 and Y2K was right around the corner, they wanted to make sure all was ready when the ball dropped on January 1st. So they told us that if we stayed on through the conversion, we would get a bonus depending on the role. As a help desk, nay, as the only help desk, this sum would mean I would get an extra $1,000 in my pocket, 1800 in today's money. The higher people, the DBA, the network admin, the IT manager, etc., would get more naturally. I'm going to interrupt the tale here a little as I want to mention that I was already jaded on the company to start with at this point. I had been at the company for two years and had pretty much done everything with the end user workstations getting them ready for Y2K. It was my first year of marriage, I had a baby on the way, and I was traveling all over the Midwest to 17 locations getting the PCs ready for Y2K. I was also in charge of communicating Y2K status with both customers and vendors. Yet when it was time for performance bonuses for getting Y2K, guess who got nothing? Yet the network admin and DBA got five-figure bonuses and really never needed to leave their desk, much less be away from their family for any significant period of time. I'm not opposed to them getting bonuses, but I was pretty pissed I didn't. I digress. As soon as the word came down, I started looking for a new position. In a few weeks, I found a good one, accepted the offer, and turned in my two weeks' notice. In very short order, I got called over to the IT managers, Bob Cubicle, which was right between the network admins and DBAs with no privacy at all. So Bob says to me, So you got another job, huh? So you're not going to tough it out and finish this with us? Bob, I say, I have a wife and a kid. I can't wait around waiting for the other shoe to drop and me to be out of a job. Bob says, Well, that's a lot of money to pass up. I kind of bristled at this. So I tell him, well, it all depends on how long the transition is now, doesn't it? If it's a week, then yes, it's a lot of money to give up. If it's 18 months, no, it's not a lot to give up. Because the bonus to stay drops each week and month that I stay here, and we've been given no time frame of when the changes will occur. So Bob then retorts with, well, it must be nice to be so financially independent that you can just blow off a thousand dollar bonus. Well, Bob, my finances are none of your effing business. <laughs> He was dumbstruck. Anything else, Bob? Maybe a private conference room would have been a better place to have that discussion. I kind of like the name Bob because, you know, when you're you're really wrenching down on him, you can just keep saying their one-syllable name over and over. Anything else, Bob? Do you really need to do this, Bob? You know, you can just really drive it home and just annoy the crap out of him. And yeah, it's nobody's business, Uh. Your finances, your bonuses, your rate of pay. Now, I will say, almost every company or organization that I've worked for, including government agencies and everything else, it's almost impossible to do anything and not know somebody else's pay rate. I don't understand why it is that every time I go to record, <laughs> is the exact time that everybody decides it is time to tell a funny joke crank the music and dance with your vacuum or whatever um, I don't know I thought it was bad when I used to be single and I lived in a first floor apartment with a lady upstairs from me who she liked to do crank and let me tell you something when 2am, 2 2.30am 2 hit pretty regular um, that was a great time for her to vacuum mop, dance to the oldies and uh, you know you've never lived until you tried to sleep through the night with somebody above you listening to the song, the Bristol stomp and uh, on repeat, no less, which was a record player. She just kept turning the needle back, but you know what I mean? The intern. My dear friends, it's roughly that time of year again for interns to descend on our departments, asking for things they have no business having or asking things they should already know. I'm reminded of what may be the most socially oblivious intern I've ever come across. For context, I work for a large nationwide company, and my role is a tier two slash tier three, I guess, or tier two thirds. <laughs> I also take on a bit of security work and a bit of networking, kind of a jack of all trades. I'm also the only person in my position in my region of the country. Once a quarter, everyone on my team gives updates at an all hands meeting discussing the common issues that have been appearing in our regions. When? You're you're angry? You're I'm angry. Discussing the common issues that have been appearing in our regions and other metrics and things. These are big, important meetings that are attended by every level of IT management up to and including the CIO. The CIO for our company is a very stoic kind of guy. He rarely cracks a joke, never uses anything other than very professional language. A skill picked up over a 45-year career. This will be important in a bit. This particular year, I had 21 interns starting in my immediate area of the country, so they were onboarding at my location. I don't really have a role in onboarding. Users are sent their equipment ahead of time, and they bring it in on their first day in case there's any issues that arose during imaging. 20 of these were for one program in particular, so they were off in their own space getting spun up and prepped for the project they'd be working on. This particular year, there were a few issues with the interns' laptops that required my attention so I was busy addressing them for most of the morning while I should have been prepping for the quarterly meeting. Enter Jeff. Jeff needed all kinds of hand-holding that he really should have called the help desk for, but they were swamped with other interns calling. I gave him the best support I could, but he kept trying to divert the conversation to literally anything other than the issues at hand. Now, I give a lot of grace to interns. They don't know anything, and they're here to learn. I get that, and I respect that, What I don't respect is when they don't seem like they care. The internship they got is highly competitive, so if they don't want to be there, it's a real bummer because someone else absolutely would have. So Jeff starts talking about a book he wants to write. I'm trying to redirect him back to his computer at every turn, but he just doesn't get the hint, so it takes significantly longer than it should. At this point, I tell him I need to go to this all-hands meeting, and I'll help him out when my part is done. I usually go early on and get it over with. I head back to my office and close the door. Because I have an office with a door, I'll usually close the door and have meetings on speaker. I get settled in and wait for my turn. Roughly 20 minutes later, I get to speak. I'm in the middle of answering a question from the CIO when Jeff barges into my office without knocking and loudly asks me if I want to hear about the ideas he has for characters in the book he wants to write. (laughs) Oh God! There's a long period of silence. Literally 7 or 8 seconds of me staring at this moron not knowing how to react to what just happened. And through the speaker comes the inquisitive voice of our CIO. I'm sorry. What the F did he just ask? Friends, every single person on that call was laughing. I was too. I couldn't help it. Even Jeff was laughing, though he was probably laughing for a different reason. I told him I was in the middle of a meeting and sent him back to his desk. Miraculously, he wasn't fired for that. Though I did notice he wasn't on the roster of interns for the next year. I hope you enjoyed my tale of Jeff and his first day of work. So... My whole life, especially my adult life, I've had to deal with people who really don't pick up well on social cues, whether it was on the construction site, working for the Board of Ed, hell, even in my own family sometimes. Now, I can be a little vague because I'm a little bit of a smartass, and sometimes I'll crack little smarmy, sarcastic jokes and things like that, and sarcasm to somebody who doesn't pick up on social cues just really doesn't work well. So I've learned that with certain people, once I start getting those vibes or a hint that they really don't pick up on cues at that point, I might still use sarcasm, but I'll back it up with, you know, cold, hard to the point sentences where they can't possibly mistake anything that I said. If I want something done or something not done, I will be very blunt and to the point, not mean, just direct. And I kind of found that I need to keep it that way because I really don't want somebody coming back to me saying, well, you said, you know, I mean, if I'm making a wisecrack about, you know, launching yourself off the roof of the house, I don't want them actually going and doing it. So, yeah, there's that. Well, good for you and the CIO and everybody else for taking it so well. (laughs) That's not the computer. Not even the story of an end user support for a job but just an argument I had with my mom's friend. She sees my computer set up and points at my monitor and goes, that's a big computer, 27-inch monitor. I go, that's the monitor, not the computer. I point to my new computer case with my computer in it, cube style, and go, that's my computer. She goes, no, that's your computer, pointing back at the monitor. I go, no, that's the monitor. It's basically like a dumb TV. So it doesn't even have like Netflix (laughs) without a computer? No. But isn't that the computer? That is a monitor. I point to the box again. That's the computer. Are you sure? (laughs) Yes, very sure. Hmm. It's amazing how many people don't get it. Half of the people out there, if you gave them a dumb TV, they wouldn't understand where the signal came from. Actually, you can give them a smart, I, I, I keep pointing up, I got a 42 inch TV above my monitors here. Um, you know, you could give them a smart TV and they still wouldn't know where the signal comes from. Are you getting it from satellite? Are you, you know, using a makeshift over the air TV antenna like I tend to use sometimes? Uh, are you getting it from cable, from cable internet? Are you, you know, Whatever. Ours is solely internet here and I do pick up local stations. I have uh, some makeshift antennas that I made and uh, they work well. they hide behind the TVs and uh, they do what I need them to do and didn't cost me 60, 70, 80 dollars. so uh, anyway, yeah, it's amazing how many people have no clue what the computer is, what the monitor is. Uh, I guess I get it. Most of them don't need to know. and of course most people seem to go with laptops these days so they have no idea what a computer is. Then you have the all-in-ones, which is the monitor with basically the computer built-in. So I don't know. I've never used one of those, but probably not fast enough for what I need to do, which isn't much except for editing these videos. But anyway, too many time zones. Can you just keep looking for it? Background. I support a product that lets companies share specific data between their servers securely over the internet. We have a website where they can see the progress of transfers with customizable time zones. We also run logging software on each server that uses our product. The logging software uses their local server time. User, hi, this is user from company A. Company B is complaining that they can't find something that we sent them. Can you take a look? Me, sure, what time was it sent? User, 4.32 PM MST. So is that Mountain Standard Time, I'm assuming? Let's find out. Me, okay, well company B is on Eastern time on our website. So let me check when it actually arrived on our end in Eastern Standard Time. Okay, simple conversion to 6.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Great, let's check their logs, which are in a 24-hour format in... Wait, what time zone is this? 9 p.m.? It's not 9 p.m. anywhere in the US. Is this GMT? Oh, General Mountain Time, maybe? Ugh, I'm gonna just check your logs to make sure it left your server without errors. Probably easier than trying to dig through this. Checks company A server logs. Are, are those not in MST? User, I forgot to mention our data center is on central time. <laughs> me, on Pacific time. I, hold on. Okay, I'm just going to assume it's sent fine and check their server. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and GMT is 10 p.m. On 24-hour time is 20. Ugh. I just need to. User, oh, they just sent me an email saying they found it. We're good. <laughs> me, okay, good, because my brain was done with time zones. I actually said this. User laughed at my pain. So, you know, I grew up with regular over-the-air TV for the most part, even some cable. And, um, you know, I'm pretty decent with U.S. time zones. Uh, I'm on Eastern Standard Time. And then I know there's Central, Mountain. Now, they see, they just say Mountain when they talk about it. They don't talk about GMT, MST, whatever. Um, And then Pacific Time, which is three hours behind us. So right now it's 10:43 p.m. here, which means it's 7:43 p.m. there. Pretty easy. I also know that in London at this point it's 5 hours ahead, so that's what 3:43 a.m. I think that's right. Anyway. So uh but yeah, if I had to do that stuff where I was going back and forth and they didn't know where they were and I didn't know where they were and yeah, that's just too confusing for me. I think everything in a company should be run on One thing, like most college classes that you take online, if they're on the West Coast, everything's West Coast time. If they're on East Coast, everything's East Coast time. And I think that's just the way it should be. Let the user figure that out, you know, and go from there. Maintaining one's reputation. Back in the mid 80s, my place of work got remote access to a mainframe and I got my feet wet with a thing called Wilbur, W-Y-L-B-U-R, because I was bored. After that came DOS 6, followed by HP UX, where I taught myself how to program in C. Then Windows, from 3.31 on up to 7. Novell Network, even. Notice one omission on that list? So I'm at work the one day, when the office manager comes to me in a panic. They've got some contractor in to do presentations, but the big things he needs to show don't work. Please, please, come fix. I wander over, and he's got a Mac. I'd never touched a Mac. Ever. But everyone there who knew me believed in me. Ah, oh, crap. I started with the questions. When did it last display properly? He tells me the day before at his home office. How, on a Mac, do you check the display settings? He shows me and I look at all the options, then spot something in the settings. You usually use an external monitor as well, don't you? Surprised face. Yes, how did you know that? It's been so long, 15 years thereabouts. I forget the exact wording, but there was a toggle to use a second monitor. It was on and should have been off. One quick click and ta-da, everyone was happy, including me. What had happened? He'd been working with his PowerPoint equivalent on the big screen, then saved and closed the program without dragging it to the laptop screen first. When he fired up the box at our office, that whiz program was trying to display on the now non-existent second monitor. So right now I only run two monitors, but there was a time when I, was, I only had one main monitor the PC, it was a gateway PC that I had, Cal Company, yeah, gateway PC that I had. It had died, fried, kicked the bucket, Uh, almost burnt the place down. But anyway, so I had a laptop, and when I needed a secondary monitor, I would plug in my big monitor. And uh, I did something in Windows to screw that up where, you know, I'd plug the monitor in and everything would go kerflooey. Nothing would display right. I still to this day don't even know how I fixed it Uh. But yeah, it can be a little bit baffling sometimes when you're used to doing something in one spot and you're pretty stationary, but then you go traveling and all of a sudden nothing works. So, hey, thanks for joining me for today's stories. And uh, if you enjoyed, do me a favor. Give us a thumbs up. If you didn't, give us a thumbs down. Make sure you share with your friends and uh, yeah, go ahead and click this video right here. I think you're going to enjoy it. See ya. Oh, look, I just noticed I almost poked myself in the eye with a branch today. Nice. Hmm.